We believe you have a story to share. For 2,000 years, humankind has believed in the power of story. In healthcare, we're finding ways to better heal those who are in front of us. Join us as we explore healing stories now. Well, welcome to another edition of Healing Stories. And here we are in Peru, a little different than Fort Smith. And it is my privilege to have Dr. Amanda Wright with us today. And I wonder, Dr. Wright, if you could introduce yourself. I am um, Dr. Amanda Wright, and I am the Associate Dean of Clinical Medicine at the Arkansas College of Osteopathic Medicine, and I am a family medicine physician with Mercy. Wonderful. And isn't it interesting that our context today is a little different? And yeah. might, you just, might, <laughs> little. might you describe maybe where we're sitting where and we're sitting. what's going on today? Yeah, so it's... It's, it's similar to Arkansas in that it's hot and beautiful, sunshiny. Um, it's different in that we're in a, we're, wow, I don't know how to describe it. We're in a compound with probably hundreds of like-minded individuals mm-hmm. and living almost like you would in college, um, sitting under trees that we don't know what are with beautiful flowers um, and beautiful fruits and a lot of dogs running around, music on the street, um, the honking of the moto taxis, and yeah, it's a, it is a different environment. If we, you know, it was so, uh, I would say, a, a great honor to be able to be a part of this, and I don't yes. think of it as just 10 days or whatever we've been on, but we started early right. in the context of trying to say, what would uh, healthcare look like? Uh, how could we help those people who are here in Peru, but more so I think we leave more change than maybe we've, we've left the people in this world, right? Right. I, w- I, would, I would absolutely agree. I would absolutely agree with that. Something that was interesting to me was to watch, because we brought students on the trip, and to watch them see how powerful our knowledge is, but also the limits of where our knowledge is. And so getting to a point where we could say, this is what is going on, but then what? Sometimes it's the the healing hand or the hug or the taking a moment and saying, are you scared? Um, And I think that here, yes, you can see that. I I mean, we can see that certainly back home in Arkansas, but seeing it here, so it felt much much more organic, more raw. And I think it was interesting for the students to see that point of view, especially early in their career. So, yes, I think they're leaving much different than they came. And I know for me that was a nice reminder of even though we have all the control back home and maybe, you know, we have control of what we're doing here, there is none. You know, you don't have control over anything and you're just hoping that you give to patients or to those um, health educators and the promoters is going to be enough and they'll continue. And it's just, it is very different. This whole aspect of what we have learned has been about this health promoter. Uh, something that in the United States as medicine looks at, how's it's gonna, how, how are we going to deal with reimbursement? How are we going to deal with value-based health care? We've come down and we've seen a model. We've climbed up in the mountains uh, 7,000 feet into yeah. Sundor, close to Wankabamba. Of those people who are listening, I invite you to try and spell that and yeah. look it up. Um, and we spent really uh, 12 hours a day seeing patients and learning from though these health promoters who are really the the future and the only sense of healthcare in that community what's it what, what was your impression of, of that kind of a system for our own sense of how we might think about healthcare too I, I thought it was 
I thought it was, fan- it was fantastic. It was, and it was exciting because I couldn't reach the patients that came into my exam room during that 12 hours. But if a health promoter came into my exam room and we worked together, and they go out into their community and they reach all of their patients, that then multiplies very quickly. And I think it's a way to push out more more help to more people in a much quicker um, time frame. But it's also, um, I, I liked it too because it's people from the community. The health promoters are not, they're not me. Mm-hmm. They are people that know what resources are there. And so it was helpful to me to talk to some of the health promoters because when I'm giving education, I don't have a Peruvian example. Right. And so I think that they also um, add that aspect too. One of the things we did at the end is sit around with them. And I was struck by our almost uh, our promise, our way of thinking mm-hmm. that we are here to talk about what are the three things you need. But we're mostly thinking about what are the three things we can learn from you. Yes. And one of the things that they talked about was just how they use resources that they have. Yep. I mean, just simply when we're climbing up and down these mountains, they're using eucalyptus. Right. And I feel there was something to teach us about a scarcity of resources that we know is existing in our own country, yet they're way, way in front of us in terms of utilizing resources here. Absolutely. 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 And, and they're more open to suggestions that might not be um, a quicker fix because they don't have quick fixes here. You know, that they are, they're open to something that may take a little bit longer because they understand that too. Yeah. They understand that sometimes planting something and waiting for it to grow and waiting to harvest it, yeah, that takes right. time. It and they understand that. And so I think that that way of thinking was, was helpful to see. That it, there is very true that mm-hmm. timing is mm-hmm. a big factor that is different here yeah. than in the United States. I mean, just our waiting, but then also the amount of time people took to come see us. Yes. I mean, they had planned this about three months ago, mm-hmm. and people journeying from all over the countryside. I was really struck as I sat with patients who had walked for three hours. Yes. Uh, and then sat from 8 in the morning, and we didn't see some patients until 7 at night. Yes. Uh, and, and talk about that experience. I mean, you were in the room. You're seeing these patients. I know you're not uh, in the language of Castellano or Spanish, but you're in the language of healing. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it's very powerful what yeah. your experience was with that. Yeah. I mean, th- that was staggering to have patients that would say they'd been there since 7 in the morning and they'd walked for, for this whole way to see us. But it was a good reminder to me that you valued this experience we're having right now enough to make that journey, to make that sacrifice, I, I need to make sure that what I give you is value added back. And so I think it was really helpful. It shifted my way of thinking um, from just, okay, let me figure out what you have and here's your answer, to let me make, it needs to be a value to you because you came to see me for something. And sometimes the value was simply, they wanted reassurance that what they had was okay. Um, that's all they needed and that was the value add sometimes it was they they knew what they had and they were scared and they yeah. wanted to know options right. and so the what that value was changed but it really put that focus on the value to them that's right in that's a right. in a very powerful way I was struck by someone who said was there a lot of mental illness that mm-hmm. you saw and we know that we in the United States are really struggling with this phenomenon was that a part of what you saw here? Were there things that were uh, exhibiting signs of someone who's going through some, some really challenging mental illness? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely there were. And what was hard is that the way in which they described the symptoms of their mental illness were very different for me, and they're different than the way we would describe them. And so my my fear is that actually I missed people early on. Huh. It wasn't until I heard the descriptors time and time again that we started to think this is not maybe you know this is sometimes they would say that their vision goes dark and so then I would go to all of the things that could make their vision dark and it never came to fruition and then after I heard that time and time again we started to think I think that maybe is them talking about a panic attack it's not talking about some of the, you know they don't have a retinal detachment <laughs> they have and so I think that was, that was um, a challenge for the mental illness is certainly here and but we don't talk about it in the same terms and we don't talk about it with the same openness there's a Consults trying to translate for another physician, mm -hmm. and I also noticed how the students use touch mm -hmm. for healing. Mm -hmm. I was really struck by that. Can you talk about how the students have learned some of these techniques and yeah. actually were able? I saw people standing taller mm -hmm. as they left the, yeah. the room. That, I think that was a very exciting component to this trip. That the students are osteopathic medical students, and so from day one of their their um, education, they learn about manual medicine, which is hands-on healing, where they learn how to helping the body to get back to a place where it can heal itself. And a lot of the complaints we heard were musculoskeletal complaints. And so it was it was a nice blend between what the patients had and skills that our students had. And oh, I hope that they those can hear the birds. Not, those are not <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> no, those are actually birds. Can hear those yeah. birds. Um, and I think that was very uh, that was very helpful for the patients because even everywhere, whenever you're putting your hands on somebody, that connection is, is stronger. There's a level of trust between you two now that's there, and communication flows better. Um, the, the, um, the relationship is a little bit more solid and trusting, and it's a different atmosphere when you're actually hands-on touching someone. And I think that the students being able to then give the patient something to take home, here's a stress to do, here's, a, here's something you can do to strengthen, it then gave them the power to go home and do it themselves too. Mm -hmm. And so that was very, that was very fun to see. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're uh, hungry for being able to practice mm -hmm. this healing, this sense of I'm called to something. And that's hard. We know there's a lot of uh, time spent sitting right. and in education, but I saw these students almost waking up. Yes. And isn't it true that once you wake up, you yeah. can't go back to yeah. sleep? Yeah, exactly. And, and I've seen that probably in the people who've come to Peru yes. and what they bring back. What, what are some things that you think you'll bring back to the school, to, to your own medical practice, having been here? I think there, I think that there's a lot, man. Um, I think that the students were able to. Some of the osteopathic medicine sometimes is hard to see um, early in the first year because they're practicing each other, where they all are pretty much normal. And so, that to be able for them to be able to see some of the abnormals, um, I think that was something that was really important for them. So I think hearing those stories about, oh, I saw this present in this way. I saw it, and this is how I fixed it. And like you said, they walked out taller. Mm. Um, so I think those real-life stories from those first-year students would be important. 
Um, so I think that's absolutely one thing. Um, I think something else, because the students are in their first year, um, I think they have a hard time knowing. We teach them a lot of information about how to take a history and how to do school. And it was interesting because I had a lot of questions even early in this trip. Dr. Wright, why did you make us learn this? And this is so hard. Do I ever use it? And as we went throughout the week and they could watch kind of real time my own decision making and critical thinking, I think they saw oh, this is why we're asking those questions. This is why I need my breadth and depth of knowledge so that I can pull out those questions when I need them. And we'll give you the information later to decide when you need those questions, but you have to know, have that foundation. And so again, those examples of, those real life examples to show why we're, why we're making them learn things, I think will be really, really powerful for the students to see. And we also incorporated poverty in a way that defined a lot of who people were but then there was this sense of our own humanity together and the poverty simply became uh, a backdrop yes and and now yeah, we're in absolutely. this together was that a surprise to you of how there was almost a sharing of who we are as human beings without the um kind of classes or or even that we were from america and they were mm -hmm. from peru i think it was I think it was surprising only maybe in how quickly it happened, you know, um, because people are people and I think that was, that, that wall went down very quickly and I was glad to, I was glad to see that, that you're absolutely right, it wasn't the rich or the poor, it was two humans sitting in a room and having a conversation and I think that it was, it was interesting to see how that wall came down very quickly, um, that there's a lot of differences, absolutely, there's no doubt. Um, but there's, there's just there's humanity in the room. The humanity yes. in the room, and we realize maybe mm -hmm. there's a, a need for medicine mm -hmm. to get back into a shared humanity mm -hmm. in the room, right. rather than uh, I'm constantly being judged and I'm losing my autonomy. Mm -hmm. And how do we begin this community, both here in Peru and in Fort Smith or in Arkansas or in the United States, where we can have a shared humanity in the room? How does medicine help mm -hmm. help to bring that to the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. And I think some of it is, is the, for me at least, it was the slowing down and being able to step okay. back. You know, it really, it really was because, um, again, like I said, the focus was just on bringing value to the patient. Mm -hmm. And so then that's where the humanity came from because now I'm not seeing you as, I need to get you your answer quickly and I need to get the right one. <laughs> So that you don't, you know, that you don't have a poor outcome, yeah. um, and that I get you done in time to see the next patient, so that I don't get a poor survey. Of course, survey. Um, you know, because then even though sometimes the patient in front of you, it, you know, you're absolutely focused on them. You're focused on all those other things too, to some level. But here, there's nothing else. The world almost stops, mm -hmm. and so um, I don't know how to pull that back. Um, but I think that that for me, it felt very different because I knew that. Even if I took that extra 30 seconds to just give that hug or to just look in that ear, even though they weren't complaining, um, I was able to do that because the patient who's been waiting all day will probably wait another 30 seconds. And so, but I don't know how to pull that back. But some of it, I think, is reshifting so that those priorities are not ever on a physician's mind. Mm -hmm. And I watched you over the course of the time, you were very 
mindful. You're you're trying in in a way to teach the people to be present. Mm -hmm. And even this is where I'm at. And isn't it true our mind is racing? Right. That how many times do we just as Tiknan Han says just wash the dishes? Right. Uh, If you're gonna wash this, just wash the dishes. If you're gonna walk to the clinic, just walk to the clinic. Uh, You know, if you're going to uh, be in this space, listen to the birds. Just listen to the birds. And and isn't that something we might bring back? Is this sense of a mindfulness and being present. Right, right. That, yes, absolutely. That if you're in the room with the patient, that that's... Be in the room. Be in the room. Right. No, absolutely. So here we are, and we're thinking about uh, where to go, how to take this back. But then also, we've talked a lot about solidarity, mm-hmm. and solidarity being different than just a charity. Uh, this sense of, I'm just here to give out a lot of meds. I'm just here to uh, help you when there is a relationship that has developed here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what might be your hopes of what solidarity looks like in the year to come uh, with this project? Gosh, there's a, lot, there's a lot. Sometimes I, I'm glad you mentioned things we were planning to do for them because I keep thinking of all the things that I need their help with. <laughs> so I'm glad you're right. There are things we're doing. Um, but I just think, for me, that their model of the health promoters is, is fascinating. And I think that... I think that's something that I want to learn more about yes. and look at what is that, how do you implement it? How do you follow it? How do you, how, how do you, can you measure outcomes and what does that look like? What does that follow up look like? I think that that program, there's a lot to be learned just from that. Um, I think there's a lot to be learned from the, some of this. We talked about the manual medicine and the touch. Um, and what can we do to help with that? Is it physical therapy, occupational therapy, programs they actually have here yes. that, you know, can we su- can we support that? So learning what are they, what are people in the community learning about physical therapy and occupational therapy and how can we melt into that and yeah. help? Yeah. I think those probably for me are the two biggest areas that um, I see that solidarity and that where I see things I would like to learn more um, from them. Yeah, and we um, watching cultural context of this machismoism, uh, some of the challenges around a culture that does not empower the women, was one of our guiding principles while we were here, Mm -hmm. is how do we uh, allow people to have a voice, especially those in society that might feel invisible. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was something I watched as you really championed as we were here as well. Yeah, and I think think that's very important because a lot of the, the, the women here are are hungry for that themselves they are so so smart so motivated so ready to learn and so ready to do and take control of their health and their family's health and i think that'll be an exciting exciting thing to explore with them um but and giving them knowledge about this because i think there's a lot of things happening to them that they don't they don't maybe understand but they're they're happening to their bodies they're happening maybe to their children they don't understand why and i think that it's important to help them with and I know we're going to look at how we use YouTube, how we try mm-hmm. and find ways to really connect in a very challenging uh, environment technologically, yeah. yet this assessment continues over the right. next few months to try and really call ourselves to action and not just have a, a trip, but rather an integration now of, of our own health promoters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Our own health promoters here and, like you said, back home. Uh-huh. So we look forward.
forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I wish you the best of luck. And Thank I'm going to be excited for what we find for who's going to sit under this tree yes. in a year or two. Huh? Yeah, that's a great point. The, the birds are beautiful. Yes. As are the people. As are the people. <laughs> Join us next time for our healing stories. Thank you.